7.01 on the West Coast. 10.01 on the East Coast. 3.02 just changed over in London. In uh, Sydney, New South Wales, it is uh, just after midnight. And in Malaysia, we're fed up, we're sick and tired, we're mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Oh, my. I don't know what happened to my headphones. They just suddenly died. Why is that? Why? I don't know. Luna Amethyst, yo, welcome to the stream. Thanks for popping in. As always, one of my most loyal and dedicated viewers. I just lost an entire web page. Where is it? Oh, oh, by the way. <laughs> You got your earrings for your cosplay. Good. Good for you. Excellent. Um, I can tell that I'm talking and I can see that my monitors are moving, but I have none, if not very limited, audio in my headset. So I hope you can hear me because I have an important announcement. I got the greatest news on my weekly uh, report. This show last week reached 45,200 people. Whoa. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For over 45,000 people uh, we reached in the last week. That is fantastic. That is incredible. Um, Amazing. And it's because of you. Not only uh, those of you who watch us on uh, the live stream, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, but um, those of you listening in on our podcast also. As you know, this show, uh, after we get done doing it live, we suck out the audio and we upload it as a podcast. Any place you listen to your favorite podcasts. And for those of you listening now, thank you for that. Uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn. We're on all the platforms pretty much and you can find us. Just search I'm Not Wearing Pants and you'll see our uh, our logo here. And that's us. Subscribe, download the podcasts. Our numbers are great. And uh, really, really thank you for those amazing, amazing numbers. Forty-five, Over 45,000 people in the last week that we have uh, engaged with. <laughs> We're not engaged to, we've engaged with. Yes, and uh, Luna says, hi, podcast people. By the way, if you'd like to watch the video of our show, if you are listening on the podcast, please head over to rumble.com and just search I'm not wearing pants, or you can put in rumble.com slash I'm not wearing pants, and you'll find us. You can watch the video version. A lot of what, some of what we do, is uh, is more geared to the video audience. So sorry about that, podcast listeners. But I do try and describe whatever I've been talking about uh, as best I can for those of you listening in on the uh, on the podcast. If you will just bear with me for one quick moment, I want to do one thing here. There was an upgrade to, there was an upgrade to Streamlabs just before I went live. And uh, I think that may have affected our, our audio output. I think I'm okay though, so we're all right. Okay, um, important, uh, important uh, show today. We're gonna talk about stuff that I normally do not talk about, but we're gonna talk about it anyway. Uh, and I will let you know that I am referring to uh, places not in the country in which I currently reside. In the country in which I currently reside, we're going to talk about that in a little while, uh, we are now truly under house arrest, at least in my area and lots and lots of other areas. Millions of people uh, in areas are under a, uh, a enhanced MCO. It's basically house arrest and uh, we are under some sort of ridiculous curfew from eight o'clock at night till eight in the morning. Can't leave the house. Um, 
only one person. I, I've got the whole list here. We'll get to it. But anyway, that that's coming up later. Um, it uh, let's see. Miko updates. She's doing well. However, one of the dumbest things uh, among the many dumb rules there are is that uh, we're not allowed to exercise. Now, frankly, being out in the sun and the fresh air and the vitamin D is probably one of the best things you can do uh, to fight against the virus. However, some people just don't believe the science, apparently. So we are not even allowed to go out and take Miko for a walk or do any outside exercise, as stupid as that may be. Uh, so yes, Miko uh, update is she is very upset, but she's getting by. She doesn't understand because she's a dog and, you know, we're people and we have uh, feelings and we have thoughts and, well, most of us do. Some of us don't. Um, all right. Uh, anyway, Miko's doing well. She's all right. Um, <laughs> The, have you heard of AIR, A-I-E-R, the American Institute for Economic Research? Uh, I will get the uh, links on our Facebook page uh, to all the articles. And uh, either Fakebook or ScrewTube are probably going to wind up deleting this, uh, this broadcast. But we'll do it anyway because it's science, and I thought we believed in science. Um, Maybe not, but maybe so. Uh, first article out of the American, you see it right there, American Institute for Economic Research. Uh, lockdowns do not control the coronavirus. The use of universal lockdowns in the event of the appearance of a new pathogen has been no precedent. It's been a science experiment in real time. Uh, the costs are legions. Uh, this is a great article. You should check it out. I will put the link uh, in the uh, notes on the show, so you can check that out. But uh, some of the data and information here about um, how it makes no sense, and not just on a health standpoint, on an economic standpoint. Um, and if you need a, uh, a good example, formal foundation. Lockdown wouldn't control, but people learning how to give a hell about others might. <laughs> Well, actually, that's true, I suppose. Um, yeah, in many ways. Um, Sweden is a good example of what I'm talking about. There's an article here from uh, Dan from Squirrel Hill at wordpress.com. Um, experts predicted, uh, Sweden did not have a lockdown, by the way. They were open full on throughout the whole thing. Uh, experts predicted, you know, boo, everybody's going to die. It's going to be horrible. They'd have 40,000 uh, deaths by the 1st of May. Well, the actual number was 2,769. And yes, I agree, any death is one too many. But the truth is, people die every day of all kinds of awful things. And uh, that's a lot less than the 40,000 that the, uh, the people screaming and yelling were uh, screaming and yelling about. So there's a lot of these examples. Just jump online, do it common internet search. It'll take you five seconds. You find them all over the place. I told you you're not going to like what I had to say tonight. Don't really give a crap. I'm going to say it anyway. Um, yeah, and you're right, uh, Formal Foundation. A lot of folks in Sweden were already working from home. It wasn't a really difficult transition to do. Um, they may not have to even needed to do a uh, forced lockdown. It's quite true. Um, somebody's come up with this list. Um, Nobel Prize winning scientists, the damage done by lockdowns will exceed any savings of lives by a huge factor. That from a Nobel Prize winning uh, scientist. The benefit of fresh air, as we just talked about, vitamin D, sunshine, and all being out in the fresh air, uh, far outweigh the risks. And... Um, Meanwhile, in the UK, says Formal Foundation in our chat. You can see the chat, by the way, over here. I don't know, it's kind of tiny. Um, the guys are telling us to keep safe, and lockdown is having his way with his assistant while telling us to keep a two-meter distance. <laughs> well, doesn't that just figure? Yeah, what's good for the goose is not necessarily always good for the gander. Um <laughs> Uh, let's see, a scientific paper from uh, Medr 
xiv.org uh, called Full Lockdown Policies in Western Europe Countries Have No Evident Impacts on the ec- Epidemic. Uh, the WHO has la- the WHO morons that they are, have lauded the lockdown ignoring Swedes as a model for countries going forward. Um, do lockdowns save lives in most places? According to a Wall Street Journal article, the answer and the data says no. So yeah, I'll post again. There's a great link here. I'll, I'll put that link in the show notes after our show. And uh, you can uh, you can check that out there. Um, there's another one, but it's not really suiting for for being in the video because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but it talks about, I'll put the, again, please check the links in the show afterwards. Give me about half an hour and I'll have the links up there. Um, it talks about all this crazy, uh, you know, how you, you have to, you, you squirt the hand sanitizer and you do this for like, what, 20, 30, 40 seconds or a year and a half or whatever it is. Um, there's a great article about the ridiculousness of that. Um, the businesses forced to allow people to work from home during COVID will already be forcing them to go back into the office now that restrictions have eased. Well, they're not eased here. In fact, uh, this is from the MalayMail.com. The MalayMail.com has published a whole bunch of lists of all the different things you can't do. And I just wanted to give people, because I've got listeners, a lot of listeners in the U.S., in Australia, New Zealand, Saudi Arabia, uh, even Africa. I've got a couple of hits there from Africa, people listening into the show. And uh, U.K., of course, um, you don't, maybe you're not aware because you don't get the news out of uh, here in uh, Malaysia. All entry points in the EMCO areas, which includes where I stay, are closed and monitored with the help of the police and the armed forces. Uh, Residents are not allowed to leave their homes and only one representative per household is allowed to exit to purchase essential supplies and can only travel within a 10 kilometer radius. No one has yet said if that's as the crow flies or by the roads. So most people go by as the crow flies, you know, just draw a 10 kilometer uh, circle around. Circus, yeah, better word. Uh, up to three people, including the patient, can travel interstate and interdistrict to get health care, medical care, and to get their vaccination appointments. Uh, residents should not leave their homes between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. unless for emergencies or with police approval, which you're likely not going to get. Uh, only one person in each vehicle and any passenger must have uh, police that will uh, must have I assume that means a police permission that will be granted on an individual basis. Uh, Work vehicles transporting goods or involving the supply chain or industries, except worker transportation, may run at full capacity. And that also applies to uh, officials and government vehicles. Um, Public transportation runs at 50% capacity. Only one passenger in taxi, so you've got one passenger and the driver in a taxi or a grab car, a you know car for hire. Uh, airport seaports operating as normal, but there's nobody there. <clears throat> Religious activities. Uh, congregational prayers at mosques and prayer halls subject to the decision of the state religious authorities. Uh, also applies to Muslim wedding ceremonies and funeral management. Non-Muslim religious activities subjected to uh, regulations by the Ministry of National Unity. Uh, And uh, then it goes on about marriage registrations and non-Muslim funerals, economic activities, uh, food stalls, food trucks, hawker centers can operate from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., but no dine-in is allowed. It's a takeaway only. And you can't sit and eat in your car even. Yeah. Uh, allowed to operate from a grocery and convenience stores from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Supermarkets, hypermarkets limited to food, drink, and essential supplies sections only. Uh, Public markets, permanent farmers markets, and my farm outlets open from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. Daily market, morning market, farmer market, night markets, and late night bazaars are not allowed. Wholesale markets operate from midnight to 6 a.m. So the list goes on and on as we 
sachet through this uh, this bit. All right. Um, I told you I'm not going to give you a whole lot of my personal opinion about what's going on here because, frankly, I'm not allowed to. Um, but there is one thing that I saw that popped up on social media today, which I am going to tell you, I think, is about the dumbest freaking thing I have ever seen. And let me share this picture with you. I hope, I pray, this is a mistake. You see what they're doing here? Take a look. This is a condo, apartment building of some kind. And they have razor wired the stairs to get up and down. Most of these buildings like this do not have lifts or they're shut off. But uh, let me see. Yeah, I can pop it up to a more full shot. See the razor wire being strewn up and down the stairs? Another one in front of the uh, entrance. There's um, some member of the military apparently just getting ready to put up more razor wire. Guarding the uh, car park and all. There's a nice artsy shot, but not very encouraging. My question is what happens when there is a fire in one of these buildings they've done this to. People are going to die. I don't know what idiot came up with the idea to razor wire escape routes in case of an emergency. But somebody ought to find out and somebody ought to do something because this is unforgivable. This is unbelievable. Absolutely incredible that this kind of stuff goes on. It's frightening. All right, coffee break time. I'm serious. I don't make a lot of comments about what's going on here. I'll just give you the rules, the SOPs for the lockdown. Um, but something like that, I'm sorry, it needs comment and it needs something done about it because it has to stop. That is insanely stupid and it needs to get taken down. It's unbelievable. Catch a fire in one of those buildings and people are dead. They're just dead. It's stupid. Uh, all right. On the good news department, because I'm tired of talking about the bad news, um, we talked in our last show about the white flag campaign, and from what I see, it's going remarkably well. Malaysians are, the Rakyat, the citizens of this country, are an unbelievably big-hearted bunch, and you guys are amazing. By the way, thank you. I did get several people who made donations via my PayPal, and as I promised you, I compiled those, I added in the little fees that PayPal takes, and then I put the full amount that you donated directly into those uh, those charities that were collecting funds. And thank you very, very much from all of us here. Uh, we, we really appreciate what you did. Thank you. One person in particular, you know who you are, uh, was very generous, and I thank you for that. Trust that uh, those people got the money directly. Um, and really, it's, uh, it's appreciated. It's feeding families, and that's what's important. These uh, folks, uh, if, you, if you missed our last show, the white flag campaign is that if you, uh, again, kind of silly to use a white flag of surrender, but fine, whatever. Uh, we'll get past that. Um, you, if you need help, if you need assistance, if you need food, just maybe someone to talk to, uh, you put a white flag in front of your house, and people know that that is a sign, a signal that uh, that that you need some assistance, you need some help. In the most cases, it's people that need food. And all these organizations, restaurant after restaurant after restaurant, uh, 99 Marts, which is kind of like a 7-Eleven sort of thing, but a, a little bigger than that, grocery, little mini grocery stores, uh, they've done a remarkable job at 99 Mart and a, a, a huge round of applause for the folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 99 Mart has set up 
where they will deliver assistance to people that need it within a certain radius around wherever they have locations. And thankfully, they have a lot of locations. So that's a, but they're not the only ones. There's tons of businesses and just people in general who've banded together and who are going out there helping people uh, if they can and doing what they can to organize uh, folks that are uh, are providing assistance. It's it's truly appreciated and it's remarkable to see uh, the citizens of Malaysia come together when it's most needed and when they can't get help from other places. Um, absolutely amazing. However, I do want to say if you are handing out help, you might, in fact, I was going to say you might not want to. You don't want to do this. This is a person receiving some assistance. This is the person giving the assistance. And as the saying goes, some people like to post their good deeds, shamed and pride satisfied. I, I, if you're gonna do something like this, that's why I don't spend a lot of time mentioning the folks that, that donated through this show to help the food banks and all because I don't want to, I'm not bragging. I'm just thanking you publicly because you know who you are. I'm not mentioning your names, but you know who you are and it's appreciated. I'm not spending a whole lot of time uh, yakking about it. But um, here's a good set of rules to follow. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine posted this today. If you see a white flag, someone asking for help, don't take pictures of the house. Don't take pictures of your donation. Just buy what you think the house needs or ring the doorbell, knock on the gate, find out what they need and buy it for them. Leave it at the gate, call the occupants to come take it and walk away. You need to respect the courage of those who are willing to ask. And trust me, it takes a lot of courage or you have to finally reach the end of your rope to grab that white flag and stick it outside of your house. And a lot of people are too proud to do that. A, don't be too proud to do that. If you need help, ask for the help. Everyone is more than willing, most people, to assist. Um, but there's no need for you to be publicizing what you're doing and taking pictures and, oh, look at me, look at me, aren't I wonderful on social media. Just do it. Your reward is what happens in your heart and that's that you feel good when you create these random acts of kindness. Respect yourself for giving without expecting any validation from society. It is good enough that you've made a difference for even one family, for even one family. Respect yourself for that. Know that you've done the right thing. And uh, yeah, rules and thoughts to live by. But uh, again, There are a lot of people out there who are helping and doing some wonderful stuff. And this really shows you where people's hearts are. There are other people. Should I share this or not? <laughs> this is from a very extremist document. This is from, this is from a, a, a group of people that uh, they're upstarts. They caused a lot of trouble. I'm going to share it anyway. It says that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute a new government. This is from an extremist document that's dated July 4th, 1776. Yes, those words are from the Declaration of Independence from the United States of America. So to my American friends, keep that in mind, huh? It's in your Declaration of Independence. You probably don't know that. You likely haven't read it. Read it. You might be surprised what you find. <clears throat> All right, sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, we've got uh, 
the Jungle Book is coming up <laughs> to completely switch subjects uh, and to get out of the heavy stuff because I'm really tired of talking about the heavy stuff. And one last thing before we get into uh, we get into our book because we've done about a half an hour or so, which is usually about all I can put up with. I saw this, uh, there's a YouTube guy called Thoughty2, Thoughty and the number two. You need to check him out. He is the coolest guy. He does these informational stories about weird subjects, things you do or you don't know about, and where did this come from? How did this happen? Just check him out. Thoughty2, Thoughty number two. And a strange, crazy British guy with a funny mustache. But um, <laughs> he did, I was watching, I'm, I'm a fan, I'm subscribed to his, uh, his feed on YouTube. And um, he did something about the McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Burger Wars, and how the franchises started and how they had their, where's the beef campaign, which I, I definitely remember um, how McDonald's and Burger King have gone back and forth in the hundreds and hundreds of millions of marketing dollars they've spent on uh, these sometimes ridiculous flops of campaigns for advertising. Um, but here in Malaysia, we have, let's see, we do have Wendy's, not too many of them. We've got plenty of Burger Kings. Of course, there's a McDonald's on every street corner and across the street from that is usually another McDonald's. They're like 7-Elevens. They breed in the sewers and they pop up everywhere. <clears throat> but, um, <laughs> they haven't really done a whole lot of back and forth warring here for marketing. And this is not one of those, but this just came up today. Burger King, look, I'm a fan, all right? I like fast food. I know it's crap. I know it's not good for me, but I eat it anyway because it's cheap and it's convenient and I can't think and, oh, fine, just get a burger or something. So, but, uh, and having said that, I will tell you that I support these small local places about 95% of the time and 5% of the time I'm doing fast food. But Burger King just today came out, you ready for it? with this yeah for those of you listening on the podcast it's an ad for burger king and it says chocolate melt chocolate melt melt m-e-l-t yeah it's a chocolate melt chicken crisp or a chocolate melt Beef bacon. Yes, that's what we call bacon here. Beef bacon because, you know, we can't have real bacon. So, yeah, it's chocolate sauce on a burger. Either a beef burger or a chicken burger. I... I there's part of me that kind of wants to try this. And I'll tell you that if it was like not maybe unsweetened chocolate, but maybe semi-sweet chocolate. You know, not the sweet, sickeningly sweet, like Hershey's syrup squirted on the thing. It probably is sweet chocolate. But I could almost see it if it were like, because I love, if you buy like, like 70, 80% cocoa, the chocolate that has no sugar in it, it's just like cocoa, it's actually quite nice. Uh, people do eat that. It's not sweet at all. It's just a cocoa flavor without the sugar content. And it's it's an interesting snack. That might not be a bad taste. It's almost like a, if you've never had it before, chocolate that hasn't been sweetened, that's just the cocoa. It almost has like a coffee flavor to it. It's not that dissimilar to coffee. Um, so that might be an interesting alternative. But a sweet, a sweet chocolate sauce on a burger, be it, be it chicken or beef, I just, I can't, wow, I, I can't tahan, okay, that's a Malaysian thing, if you're Malaysian, you know what that is, I cannot tahan. 
Oh man, this is the weirdest thing ever. Chocolate milk burger. All right. <laughs> My goodness, have we covered everything? I think so. Oh, don't forget, Miko merchandise. There, I haven't plugged anything for the show today except our podcast. So go to twitch.tv, go to the uh, I'm Not Wearing Pants page, check out the About section, and you'll see Miko merch. You'll see I'm Not Wearing Pants merchandise, which we've now called Miko merch, because, of course, it has our logo. And on the other side, it's got Miko, who is wandering around here somewhere tonight, wishing she could go for a walk, but even she's under house arrest, so. There you go. All right. Let's um <laughs> let's get into let's get into our book. Yeah. We started oh my goodness. Is Miko wearing pants? <laughs> <It's Mika. coughs> um no, Miko is not wearing pants. She subscribes to our our line of thinking here on the show. Um, she has a, a, a Chinese New Year outfit, a chonsam, or however you say it. Um, she's got a kimono. She's got a, a football jersey for the Japan team. Uh, she's got a whole bunch of different clothes and things. But no, one thing she does not have is pants. So, hello, Chris, and thank you for... Uh, <clears throat> Thank you for jumping in on the stream. <laughs> Is Miko wearing pants? <laughs> All right, folks, let's uh, let's move on <laughs> into our book. Uh, we're on, I think, the second chapter, and um, it's uh, it's been interesting. We're reading the Jungle Book. We've done all these books that come from the Gutenberg Project at gutenberg.org. You will find free public domain books, all kinds, all classics. Some current stuff, uh, but mostly these are classics, and and just you you name a classic book, it's there. Um, we've done the Wonderful Wizard of Oz. We did Alice in Wonderland. We did Peter Pan. We did the Velveteen Rabbit, uh, and now we're doing the Jungle Book. We read a chapter or so every night. In the case of the Jungle Book, I've had to cut these chapters into halves. In some cases, thirds, because Rudyard Kipling was a little loose with the pen when he was writing this stuff. They go on these chapters forever. So I will get through this, but bear with me. Um, we'll cut it off at some point when it starts going too long. We have uh, we started uh, with Mowgli uh, heading back into the uh, world of men, uh, having been raised by, by the wolf pack. And uh, we start today's... Uh, episode with the hunting song of the Sioni pack. As the dawn was breaking, the Samhur bellied once, twice, and again. And a doe leaped up, and a doe leaped up from the pond in the wood where the wild deer sup. This eye scouting alone beheld once, twice, and again. As the dawn was breaking, the Samhur bellied once, twice, and again. And a wolf stole back, and a wolf stole back, to carry the word to the waiting pack. To carry the word to the waiting pack, and we sought, and we found, and we bayed on his track once, twice, and again. As the dawn was breaking, the wolf pack yelled once, twice, and again. Feet in the jungle that leave no mark. As the dawn was breaking, the wolf pack yelled. Eyes that can see in the dark, the dark. Tongue, give tongue to it. Hark, oh hark. Once, twice, again. This is Ka's Hunting. It's chapter two of the Jungle Book. His spots are the joy of the leopard. His horns are the buffalo's pride. Be clean, for the strength of the hunter is known by the gloss of his hide. If you find that the bullock can toss you or the heavy brown subhord can gore, we knew it ten seasons before. Oppress not the cubs of the stranger, but hail them as sister and brother. 
For though they are little and fubsy, it may be the bear is their mother. There is none like to me, says the cub, in his pride of his earliest kill. But the jungle is large, and the cub, he is small. Let him think and be still. The Maxims of Baloo. All that is told here happened some time before Mowgli was turned out of the Sioni wolf pack or revenged himself on Shere Khan the tiger. It was in the days when Baloo was teaching him the laws of the jungle. The big, serious old brown bear was delighted to have so quick a pupil. For the young wolves will only learn as much of the law of the jungle as applies to their own pack and tribe and run away as soon as they can, repeating the hunting verse, feet that make no noise, eyes that can see in the dark, ears that can hear the wind in their lairs, and sharp white teeth. All these things are the marks of our brothers, except Tabaki, the jackal, and the hyena, whom we hate. But Mowgli, as a man-cub, had to learn a great deal more than this. And sometimes Bagheera, the Black Panther, would come lounging through the jungle to see how his pet was getting on, and would purr with his head against a tree, while Mowgli recited the day's lessons to Baloo. The boy could climb almost as well as he could swim, and swim almost as well as he could run. So Baloo, the teacher of the law, taught him the wood and water laws, how to tell a rotten branch from a sound one, how to speak politely to the wild bees when he came upon a hive of them fifty feet above the ground, what to say to Mang, the bat, when he disturbed him in the branches at midday, and how to warn the water snakes in the pools before he splashed down among them. None of the jungle people liked being disturbed, and they are all very ready to fly at an intruder. Then, too, Mowgli was taught the stranger's hunting call, which must be repeated aloud till it is answered. Whenever one of the jungle peoples hunt outside his own grounds, it means, translated, give me leave to hunt here, because I am hungry. And the answer is, hunt then for food, but not for pleasure. All this will show you just how much Mowgli had to learn by heart, and he grew very tired of saying the same thing over a hundred times. But, as Baloo said to Bagheera one day when Mowgli had been cuffed and run off in a temper, A man's cub is a man's cub, and he must learn all the laws of the jungle. But think how small he is, said the Black Panther who would have spoiled Mowgli if he had his own way. How can his little head carry all thy long talk? Is there anything in the jungle too little to be killed? No, that's why I teach him these things, and that's why I hit him very softly when he forgets. Softly, thou dost thou know of softness, old iron feet, Bagheera grunted. His face is all bruised today by thy softness. Ugh. Better he should be bruised from head to foot by me who love him than he should come to harm through ignorance, Baloo answered very earnestly. I am now teaching him the master words of the jungle that shall protect him with the birds and the snake people and all that hunt on four feet except his own pack. He can now claim protection if he will only remember the words from all in the jungle. Is not that worth a little beating? Well, look it to then that thou dost not kill the man-cub. He is no tree-trunk to sharpen thy blunt claws upon. But what are those master words? I am more likely to give help than to ask it. Bagheera stretched out one paw and admired the steel-blue, ripping, chiseled talons at the end of it. Still, I should like to know. I will call Mowgli, and he shall say them, if you will. Come on, little brother. 
"'My head is ringing like a bee-tree,' said a sullen little voice over their heads, and Mowgli slid down a tree-trunk, very angry and indignant, adding, as he reached the ground, "'I come for Bagheera, Bagheera, and not for thee, fat old Baloo.' "'That is all one to me,' said Baloo, although he was hurt and grieved. "'Tell Bagheera, then, the magic words of the jungle that I have taught thee this day.' "'Master words for which people?' said Mowgli, delighted to show off. "'The jungle has many tongues. I know them all.' "'A little thou knowest, but not much. See, O Bagheera, they never thank their teacher. Not one small wolfling has ever come back to thank old Baloo for his teachings. Say the word for the hunting people, then, great scholar.' "'We be of one blood, ye and I,' said Mowgli, giving the words the bear accent, which all the hunting people use. "'Good. Now for the birds,' Mowgli repeated with the kite whistle at the end of his sentence. "'And now the snake people,' said Bagheera. The answer was a perfectly indescribable hiss, and Mowgli kicked up his feet, clapped his hands together to applaud himself and jumped onto Bagheera's back, where he sat sideways, drumming with his heels on the glossy skin, and making the worst faces he could think of at Baloo. "'There, there, that was worth a little bruise,' said the brown bear tenderly. "'Some day thou wilt remember me.' And he turned aside to tell Bagheera how he had begged the master words from Hathi, the wild elephant, who knows all about these things, and how Hathi had taken Mowgli down to the pool to get the snake word from a water snake, because Baloo couldn't pronounce it, and how Mowgli was now reasonably safe against all accidents in the jungle, because neither snake, bird, nor beast would hurt him. No one, then, is to be feared, Baloo wound up, patting his big furry stomach with pride. "'Except his own tribe,' said Bagheera under his breath, and then aloud to Mowgli, "'Have a care for my ribs, little brother. What is all this dancing up and down?' Mowgli had been trying to make himself heard by pulling at Bagheera's shoulder fur and kicking hard. When the two listened to him, he was shouting at the top of his voice, and so I shall have a tribe of my own and lead them through the branches all day long. What is this new folly, little dreamer of dreams, said Bagheera? Uh, yes, and throw branches and dirt at old Baloo. Mowgli went on, they promised me this. Ha! Ooh, Baloo's big paw scooped Mowgli off Bagheera's back. And as the boy lay between the big forepaws, he could see the bear was angry. Mowgli, said Baloo, thou hast been talking with the Bandar Log, the monkey people. Mowgli looked at Bagheera to see if the panther was angry too, and Bagheera's eyes were as hard as jade stones. Thou hast been with the monkey people, the gray apes, the people without a law, the eaters of everything. That is great shame. When Baloo hurt my head, said Mowgli, he was still on his back, I went away, and the gray apes came down from the trees and had pity on me. No one else cared. He snuffed a little. Pity of the monkey people, Baloo snorted. The stillness of the mountain stream, the cool of the summer sun, and then man cub, and then and, and then they gave me nuts and pleasant things to eat, and, and they carried me in their arms up to the top of the trees and said I was their blood brother, except that I had no tail, and should be their leader some day. They have no leader said Bagheera. They lie, and they've always lied.
They were very kind and bade me come again. Why have I never been taken among the monkey people? They stand on their feet as I do. They do not hit me with their hard paws. They play all day. They let me get up. Bad Baloo, let me up. I will play with them again. Listen, man-cub, said the bear, and his voice rumbled like thunder on a hot night. I have taught thee all the laws of the jungle, for all the peoples of the jungle, except the monkey folk who live in the trees. They have no laws. They're outcasts. They have no speech of their own, but use the stolen words which they overhear when they listen and peep and wait up above in the branches. Their way is not our way. They're without leaders. They have no remembrance. They boast and chatter and pretend they're great people about to do great affairs in the jungle. But the falling of a nut turns their mind to laughter and all is forgotten. We of the jungle have no dealings with them. We do not drink where the monkeys drink. We do not go where the monkeys go. We do not hunt where they hunt. We do not die where they die. Hast thou ever heard me speak of the Bandarlog until today? No, said Mowgli in a whisper, for the forest was very still now Baloo had finished. The jungle people put them out of their mouths and out of their minds. There are very many evil, dirty, shameless, and they desire, if they have any fixed desire, to be noticed by the jungle people. But we do not notice them, even when they throw nuts and filth on our heads. He had hardly spoken when a shower of nuts and twigs spattered down through the branches, and they could hear coughing and howling and angry jumping high in the air among the thin branches. The monkey people are forbidden, said Baloo, forbidden to the jungle people. Remember. Forbidden, said Bagheera. But I still think Baloo should have warned thee against them. I, I, how was I to guess he would play with such dirt? The monkey people. Fah! A fresh shower came down on their heads, and the two trotted away, taking Mowgli with them. What Baloo had said about the monkeys was perfectly true. They belonged to the treetop, and as beasts very seldom look up, there was no occasion for the monkeys and the jungle people to cross each other's path. But whatever they, whenever they found a sick wolf or a wounded tiger or bear, the monkeys would torment him, and they would throw sticks and nuts at any beast for fun, and in the hope of being noticed. Then they would howl and shriek senseless songs, and invite the jungle people to climb up their trees and fight them, or they'd start furious battles over nothing among themselves, and leave the dead monkeys where jungle people could see them. They were always just going to have a leader and laws and customs of their own, but they never did, because their memories would not hold over from day to day. So they comprised things by making up a saying. What the Bandarlog think now, the jungle will think later. And that comforted them a great deal. None of the beasts would reach them, but on the other hand, none of the beasts would notice them. And that was why they were so pleased when Mowgli came to play with them. And they heard how angry Baloo was. They never meant to do any more. The Bandalog never mean anything at all, but one of them invented what seemed to be a brilliant idea. And he told all the others that Mowgli would be a useful person to keep in the tribe, because he could weave sticks together for protection from the wind. So if they caught him, they could make him teach them. Of course, Mowgli, as a woodcutter's child, inherited all sorts of instincts and used to make little huts of fallen branches without thinking how he came to do it. 
The monkey people, watching in the trees, considered his play most wonderful. This time, they said, they were really going to have a leader and become the wisest people in the jungle, so wise that everyone would notice them and envy them. Therefore, they followed Baloo and Bagheera and Mowgli through the jungle very quietly till it was time for the midday nap. And Mowgli, who was very much ashamed of himself, slept between the panther and the bear, resolving to have nothing more to do with the monkey people. And that's where we're going to leave it for tonight because the monkey people are up to something and we'll find out what happens Monday night. <laughs> All right. Nice. That, uh, that the, uh, the Jungle Book, Rudyard Kipling from 1894, believe it or not. And uh, we'll find out what the monkey people are up to on our, uh, on our next live stream, which is going to happen on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch.tv on Monday night, 10 p.m. Malaysian time. All right, folks, uh, thank you so much for all of your uh, interactions and all, like I said, over 45,000 of you uh, <laughs> took part in some of our silliness on this, uh, this show uh, in the last week, and we truly, truly appreciate that. To our podcast listeners across Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, uh, iTunes, wherever you may be listening, thank you so much for your subscriptions. And if you'd like to see the video version of the show, please... We need your subscriptions at rumble.com. So please go to rumble.com, free, sign up for a free account, and just search for I'm Not Wearing Pants. You will find the channel there. And if you give us a subscribe, we really appreciate it. You get to see the video version of the show over there. And uh, yeah, that's it. We're out of here. Thanks so much. Have a good night, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Good night. Woo!